This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. All right, so the time is nine minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock. And so we get into it. Heritage items, preserving history, and when heritage is also a family legacy. It's just such a very fine line to draw. So nearly 100 items connected to the esteemed late and first democratically elected uh, president of South Africa, Nelson Mandela. They are up for auction this coming Monday with the proceeds set to be going towards the establishment of a memorial garden in the Eastern Cape, which is where the late president was born. Guernsey's, which is a British auction house, uh, have announced that the auction will be taking place uh, over the next week. And it's taking place following uh, the resolution of a legal battle. And there have been several legal battles around the right of the family to do this, which now paves the way for the sale of the items. Now, the developments follow uh, events at the Gauteng High Court in Pretoria which overturned an interdict that was sought by the South African Heritage Resource Agency, so we call them SARA, against Dr. Magaziwe Mandela, who is the eldest daughter of Nelson Mandela, and his former prison warder, Christo Brand. Among the items on auction is uh, the late president's personal ID book, green ID book which was issued in February 1993, um, just ahead of the elections in 1994 and a couple of years after his release from prison. So right in the middle of that negotiation process. And according to the auction catalogue, the document represents Mandela's first and only legitimate ID book for the Republic of South Africa. Uh, he then later received a smart card in 2015. So these are some of the issues that we're talking about is uh, is everything that has to do with the name and the legacy of the late President Nelson Mandela. Is that public property or are there things that honestly we have to give latitude to the family to uh, deal with an auction at their own discretion. So we're joined by art historian and writer Percy Mabandu, and hopefully for Compatchaline, we'll speak to uh, the SA Heritage Resource Agency, Sarah, as well. Percy, good morning. Good morning, Asilarato. How are you? Fine, thank you, Dade. Thank you so much for coming through. So here we're talking about the legacy of an overarching national, international historic figure, Nobel laureate, recipient of various peace prizes, uh, the conscience of the world, we're told, and South Africa's first democratically elected president. How much of him belongs to South Africa and how much of him belongs to his family? Uh, he, he is also the world's most huggable madala. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, I, I, think, I think this is... This is part of the, the, the larger uh, complexity around the meaning of Mandela, um, that because he became much more than a human figure, but a symbol for various, um, for various causes around the world, that, that those who are entrenched in agendas around those, uh, that myriad causes will uh, magnify them in their own context and therefore see them see him or his person as part of that heritage. But at the heart of that are children who grew up without a father, 
uh, uh, grandchildren who grew up without a grandfather, who to them was a parent and a breadwinner, finishing mm-hmm. class. And I think that these concentric circles that go out based on how how large he has become over the course of his life is you know is is is, is, is where we are always finding tension. In mm-hmm. fact, the tensions are also. Uh, you know, uh, palpable when you are discussing uh, with, you know, either if you're discussing with the Nelson Mandela Foundation and the Nelson Mandela Trust, Family Trust, and then the the Nelson Mandela Children's Foundation, you see that all of these legal entities have some kind of legal right to speak on behalf of his legacy. And at times we are finding that those voices are not singing from the same mm. book, so mm. to speak. And so these tensions will arise. Um, there is, you know, a challenge to uh, the issue here on, on, the, on, on the ID book that I think according to the Identification Act, uh, number 68 of 1997, mm. that the, that ID book belongs to the state. But um, that, that's, okay. you know, there at this point. I think the, okay. question, the bigger question is... Who should have the final say on what is to happen yeah. to the legacy of the man? Okay. The, there's an analogous uh, situation unfolding with the Miriam Makeba, or that unfolded with the Miriam Makeba Foundation mm. versus his, her children. You know, and and often in that score, the foundation came out the the, uh, the, the winner. But on this particular issue, there is a set of ring ring fence. Um, what we might call object of, of okay. culture, you know, okay. or personal artifacts. Okay, let's, that, that let's bring in let's bring in let's bring in Ben Ma Mwasinga uh, uh, because obviously um, his organisation Sara is very much a party uh, in the legal proceedings, and the legal proceedings have taken quite a while because yeah. there's this auction now with the British auction house. But it all really came to a head about two years ago when Dr. Magaziwa Mandela, if my memory serves me well, had wanted to auction off some items in New York. And that's where the thing began. So for you as Sarah, which part of the legacy is national property and which part do you accept is family property? Um, good morning, Lerato, and good morning to your guest um, and your listeners. Um, for Sarah, I think we need to make it clear that we're not in dispute in terms of the ownership of the items. Mm. Our main concern is that we have regulations in South Africa that specify that certain items that belong to former heads of state, whether it's former President Mandela, Mm. former President Mbeki, former President Tiklak for that matter, Mm. or former President Zuma, any items that relate to them cannot be exported from South Africa without a permit from SARA. And that is because we need to have a controlled or a regulated export market for heritage objects. Otherwise, there could be significant cultural loss. And so in this instance, these items that relate to former President Mandela were taken to the United States without a permit. Our issue is not the selling of the items or even the ownership of the items. 
Our issue is the export of these items from South Africa without a permit. Okay, and so to acquire that permit, the family would have had to come to you and say, we have found buyers of 100 artifacts. Mm-hmm. Uh, what may leave the country, what may not? And you would say, these 20 can't leave. So carry on with your auction of 80, but these 20 cannot leave. And that's, that's the conversation that didn't happen. That's absolutely correct. So they would have come to us to say, we have these 100 artifacts that relate to the former president. What we would have done, instead of making a decision arbitrarily on our own, we would have also engaged other stakeholders, other interested and affected parties to say, look, there are these artifacts that um, are intended to be exported out of South Africa. What are your thoughts? And for example, we have original paintings that the former president did on Robben Island, and we have the key to his prison cell, which was also up for auction. And I would imagine that um, a list of uh, a panelist of experts and interested and affected parties might have said the key to his prison cell is quite pivotal to the memory mm. of Nelson Mandela on Robben Island, and perhaps it should be retained in South Africa. But that opportunity was not provided. Okay, so this is about formalities of how you go about uh, putting. Uh, objects up or artifacts up uh, for an auction and then it's about various shall we say regulations that govern the artifacts that belong to a head of state a former head of state and that is standard practice across the world I'm just remembering that late last year um, Mm. there was a warrant of arrest issued for the tradesmen who have not declared certain gifts that were given to the former Brazilian president. In fact, he's just yes. recently former. And that was the whole trial is he, you know, when they are on state visits, they get gifts in various countries. So in Saudi Arabia, you might be given a saber sword or in France, you might be given uh, a bottle of champagne. You have to declare. And then the state must decide what really is tantamount to a personal gift and what is a gift in your capacity as head of state to the country. In other words, it was never going to be given to you as an individual. It was given to you because you carry the name South Africa. Yes, and I think that's absolutely correct. I think um, the main point that I, you're alluding to is that in South Africa, we have something called the national estate. And when I say the national estate, Robben Island, Table Mountain, Lilithi Farm, these all make up part of the national estate. These are the heritage sites and objects of significance that belong to the future generations, not just ours. So if we do not have those regulations, you could have any object, irrespective of its level of significance, leaving our shores, and no one will have any control mechanism to bring it back or to even give people an opportunity that have a vested interest in these objects to comment and to state that I feel that this should not go, or maybe perhaps it should go for one year and come back for a year after that. There are those type of arrangements as well. But if you do not apply for that permit, there's no opportunity to engage in those discussions. And so obviously the issue is the classification of these artifacts, is that there needed to have been an opportunity somewhere along the line where the Mandela family presents to you what they've inherited, what they have in their possession, and then for somebody to sort of do an audit of what is part of the national estate and what you know, can be seen as a family estate. So my question is, why didn't this happen before the auctions? From the moment the late president passed on uh, and Mm. transitioned and 
uh, his will was read to his family? Why wasn't there uh, a process where we say what in his possession constitutes a national estate, like those gifts he would have received as a head of state, not as a Nelson Mandela personality, uh, versus what he has in his own person? No, that's a very good question. And again, it it comes down to um, the main issue at hand. So if, for example, um, Dr. Makaziwe inherited all these items from her father and they remained in South Africa, there would be no court case. The issue is that the items were taken off our shores without a permit. And if even, for example, um, former, um, former President Mbeki's items were proposed for export or were exported to England without a permit, we would also have taken action against the individual that exported. So, again... I think my my question is different, Ben. I think you've established Mm. that really well, is that there's Mm. a permit for what you export and what you can't. What I'm saying is... ...was read, and we all the details of that will, because it was made public knowledge, right? So, the moment... You all hear that a house has been given to uh, Zenani Mandela Mm. and a car is given to a grandchild and Mm. works of art are given to Dr. Magaziwe Mandela. Was that not an opportunity for the Heritage Society to say, can we have a meeting with the Mandela family and look at what constitutes national assets versus personal assets and then you take those and you archive what you must archive and you put into a museum what you must put into a museum and then this way we don't have to be at this juncture yes no i absolutely agree with you but remember the requirement um for let me say having these items processed by the state only occurs when you want to export these items so for example if if dr makasi were had taken all of these items and auctioned them in South Africa, which would not have required a permit from Zara, we would have actually just stated, please consult with interested and affected parties. So there is no requirement to have an audit, and I fully understand your question, and I take the point. But in that instance, we don't want to interfere with the ownership of the items. We want to control what leaves the country, especially if it may have significance. But it is a fair point that you make. And I do also not want to infringe on people's ownership rights. Our only concern is that these items must not be taken off our shores without due process being followed. So, Percy, I'm going to bring you back into the conversation. Those are the technicalities of what was happening. Is that that Sarah is not saying Dr. Magaziwe can't auction off property that belongs to her father because if she's inherited it, it is her property. All that she needed to do was seek a permit for what she intends to sell to international buyers. She did not seek that permit. So I understand those technicalities. But for me still, I'm struggling because if we're insisting that some things belong to the state, but they're in the possession of the daughter and then she wants to exercise her rights and now she's being told she's not, then something about this just doesn't make sense to me. Maybe you can help us. Well, I mean, Serato, another thing is that, you know, I mean, I work in the in the in the art market um, uh, a great deal and mm. that this is not unique uh, at all in the sense that if I I mean, if, if I want to sell a painting by Gerald Sicotto, mm. um, that might be uh, understood to be in 
yes, that I, I also need to, to so, so in, the, in the secondary market of art objects, which do not belong to head of state, but are important cultural objects in, in the South African story, I also then need to declare uh, that, you know, a, a set painting which was bought by my grandfather from Gerald Sugodwe during the Sophia Town years, mm. can, you know, I cannot, it cannot leave the country that easily it is to be declared. So in that sense, I understand. I think uh, perhaps as a country and as a culture, the questions we ask is, you know, how much uh, say do we feel uh, or how much ownership do we feel of that personal bounty to be to be something that belongs to us, you know, even, you know, outside of the legal conversations that, you know, this might be injurious to our sense of, 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 of nationhood, that Madiba is much more than just, um, you know, a father, is much more than just a person who belongs to a particular family. You know, in the same sense that I imagine Americans feel about, okay. you know, Martin, Martin Luther King or Martin JFK King. or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And yet you right. don't really hear about these cases. Just this week was Martin Luther King Jr. Day. A big uh, memoriam has been built for him. And uh, it just seems to be all going swimmingly. How his children preserve his legacy and how they give room to the heritage societies to preserve that legacy. And I think this is perhaps, it seems to me like what we're struggling with. Is it? Yeah, I mean... I think the the you know the much reported conflict within the Man, you know Mandela family uh, you know I, I think uh, sh- you know tend to show up in an unfortunate way in the public in the public space. I mean we know uh, about the 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 letter of you know or, or the list of people who are not supposed to be at a funeral of their of their niece. You know, or their relatives, which is a bit solid. So I, I see this this kind of um, conflict in the context of the larger, unfortunate state of the of the of the mm-hmm. clan. And, and I think, you know, also the, what what I alluded to slightly earlier that there seems to not be a clear understanding amongst everyone in that space about whose role is what, it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we're finding that the family is always at loggerheads with the Mandela Foundation, okay. uh, you know, and so on. So that is a, a family management question that always, Comes you know, up. bumps up against the the, the public life of, 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 of Michael. Can, can, can I say this, though, in terms of if we're going to go into... Um, the structure and the conflicts within a family and all of those issues. Well, Dr. Magaziwa Mandela is technically now his eldest living child. Right. She is a doctor in that she has a PhD, a doctorate in anthropology, and that's not in question in the context of the right. things that are happening in the country at the moment around PhDs. <laughs> so, so as a doctor of anthropology, I think she would know what constitutes heritage and what doesn't constitute heritage. She's pretty well versed and as the blood relative of this individual then she also knows when she's selling the family silver versus a national symbol right could we not could we not show her that respect yeah i mean i think i think she she has she has a, 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 you know a great deal to answer for and i i think 
you know, I mean, w- without going too much into in, into unnecessary, you know, uh, family uh, questions here, I think I think she's doing this, you know, in spite of the fact that she knows, you know, uh, what we, you know, what everybody might feel. I think this is, in fact, it, it's a kind of pulling of rank, right? And and the silence of the Mandela Foundation, you know, as, as such, you know, is very telling. Who otherwise would have been at the forefront of saying, okay, let us provide kind of advice on, on how to deal with this. Okay. And I think the idea that this is done to to raise funds for what would be, what, what's going to be the, or what, memorial. Or the memorial garden. garden. I mean, if you, you know, I, I tried to look around because I thought the garden was already in place. I mean, I think CNN published a story where they also spoke to Greg Straw. Greg Straw is the landscape architect who, who designed uh, the, the the garden in Puno. Uh, you know, I think the garden is already in place. I think the money that's being raised is, is perhaps to, you know, um, improve it here and there. But, you know, I think it's, it's just to, 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 you know, to say uh, it's none of your business. We're doing what we're doing as a family. Okay. Let me let me let me ask Ben to come in because now we're sort of in speculative ground. I my question is Dr. Magaziwa Mandela is a has a doctorate in anthropology, which is for all intents and purposes a study of civilizations, humanity and cultures. She's also a blood relative of Nelson Mandela. So actually on two sides, she's well versed to know what are heritage articles and what is personal and what her rights are. And I think given um, her expertise and also given her blood links, does she not have a right to decide what goes and what doesn't go? That permit issue withstanding, we get it. She must follow the rules. But is she not in a position to decide what can be traded and exported and auctioned and what doesn't? Um, I'm not going to comment too much on that because, um, as we know, this matter still remains up to this. And I wouldn't want to comment on her intentions. Or her what do you mean mind. it's subjudicated? The court has said she can go ahead and do this on Monday. It's finished in the court. We've, we've lodged an appeal. So we've um, lodged an application for leave to appeal at the Supreme Court. And if we are granted that leave to appeal, we'll then be taking this matter to the Supreme Court. So it remains up to this. Um, but there's an auction on Monday. So how does subjudicate... No, um, uh, 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 are you going to interdict that auction? They plan for the 22nd of February, not January. I see. I, have had the, I know fair, there is a misconception, okay. but the auction is planned for the 22nd of February, not okay. January. Okay, we stand so corrected. We are still, as I've said, we have applied for leave to appeal at the Supreme Court, and the matter remains up to this. And therefore, I will not comment on okay. a person who we are currently engaged in a legal Litigating with. with. Okay. All right. Yes. Okay. So, but what I will state is that I think the the law is unambiguous and it's clear. And furthermore, there are regulations that specifically state any object that relates to a former head of state in South Africa mm. will require a permit from SARA before they are exported. Okay. Right. And again, irrespective of whether or not you have the expertise or you are a blood relative or any stakeholder. You have to comply with that law. Okay, fair enough. And so what we've understood today, it's not so much the auction. It's um, the permit to allow certain national assets to leave. But the ownership itself is not a problem. We've understood that. Okay, thanks so much for that. And uh, thanks for clarifying that the auction is not taking place on Monday. It's taking place on a weekday in February.
the some time. So we will wait yes. to see <laughs> what transpires. Okay, thanks for that, Percy Mabundu and Ben uh, Mwasinga for joining us about these artifacts concerning the late President Nelson Mandela. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.